All right, everybody, thanks so much for stopping by another live episode of Real Estate Titans. I'm your host, Greg Fowler, traveling throughout the marketplace, interviewing the top real estate professionals in our field, from realtors, lenders, builders, developers, residential or commercial, essentially gathering insight, inspiration, really drives and motivates these top producers above and beyond everybody else and what I like to consider a real estate titan. Our very special guest and feature titan today, Barry Overton. Barry, thanks so much for taking the time, my friend. I'm super Absolutely. excited to share your story. Likewise, it's uh, exciting to be here. And before we get started, I, I just want to say thank you for um, you know interviewing me and uh, on behalf of all the other Titans, I think it, it, this is a huge service that you provide uh, for realtors uh, around the country, which is very cool. So I'm really honored to to be episode 118 of Real Estate Titans. Well, th Barry, thank you so much for saying that. I appreciate that. It, it's an honor to have you on the show uh, amongst the other Titans. And, uh, you know, hopefully everybody else is appreciating this content as well. That's always a, a great thing, but thanks for saying that. Uh, so I just want to dive into the series of questions. Everybody out there to get to know you as a man, as a professional, a little bit better. Uh, I guess let's just start with telling everybody a little bit about yourself. So um, kind of going backwards, um, really I spent uh, 26 years in law enforcement, kind of made a decision very early on. At the age of 17, I made a decision to go into law enforcement. I had an uncle who was really truly my role model. Um, that was a police officer. He was actually the first black sergeant, lieutenant, and captain of the Austin Police Department. Uh, so someone to definitely to, to look up to in our family. And so I went into law enforcement. Actually, at 18, um, I went into the military as a military police officer. I uh, spent three years in the military. Actually, a Gulf War veteran. Um, spent six months over uh, during Operation Desert Storm over in Iraq and Kuwait and Saudi Arabia. Um, came back, I was on with a small department in Alabama for a couple of years, and then I came to Denver, uh, where I was a Denver police officer for 21 years, and um, spent 17 years of that working narcotics. So, okay. uh, you know, I can tell you when uh, they pinned the badge on me, um, they said, this is your ticket to the greatest show on earth, and they weren't joking. Wow. Uh, yeah, some amazing right. stuff. Uh, that I saw some, you know, some pretty sad, tragic things, but um, you know, it it was uh, a time in my life that I would never take back. The experiences uh, have prepared me for everything that I'm doing uh, currently, uh, and I'm sure for the things in the future as well. Um, also, I have I have uh, two kids. I have a daughter, uh, Noel, that's 22, and Jackson. That's uh, 16. They're really my pride and joy. Uh, my my daughter um, actually wrote her first book at the age wrote and self published her first book at 11. Right there. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and she's written uh, three books and had them all published. Um, my son's uh, at Regis High School. He's doing great. He's on the honor roll and uh, getting him prepared for for college. Uh, so. I'm a proud dad. Yeah, I know, as you should be. This yeah. is great. This is great. <laughs> and, uh, you know, got into real estate about 18 years ago. So okay. there was some overlap between law enforcement and real estate. And finally, I actually found a very good um, balance between the two uh, that has, uh, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about it more, but has helped me to produce a, a program within my business that, um, you know, benefits heroes. Hmm. And I love 
that because again, it's a it's a passion. It, it's it's something about your your past that you continually live through mm -hmm. with real estate. Now, before we dive too deep into real estate for everybody out there, I do want to go back uh, in law enforcement. And you know, is there a story that you might share with the audience? Um, you know, that st sticks out to you or something that uh, you remember that you're comfortable sharing with everybody? You know, uh, and police are always asked that question and. A lot of times they, you know, you can see them thinking and it's just because there's so many stories, but I'll try and keep it PG-13. All right, here, here we go, here we go. <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I, when I was two years on the job here with uh, Denver PD, I actually had uh, an incident again, one of those greatest show on earth incidents where um, me and my partner were patrolling. There's actually a, a viaduct that used to be over here that's actually torn down now. We're driving uh, across it and uh, out of the corner of both of our eyes, we see a, a girl on the, the sidewalk area of the, the viaduct. And then we look closer and we realize she's not actually on the sidewalk. She's on the other side of the rail. Uh, and on the other side of the rail basically is I-25 uh, traffic going. This is like two o'clock in the morning. And yeah, and it was, uh, so you know, we both are like, uh, okay, we gotta do something and we gotta do it fast. So we, we stopped the vehicle. Um, my partner, who was on the passenger side, engaged her with conversation. She never saw me. I was on the driver's side of the vehicle. So I was actually, while he was talking to her, I was actually able to walk up behind her, grab her, and pull her back over the rail. She's yeah. screaming because she has no idea what's <laughs> happening right now. Right. I'm screaming. <laughs> Not really. But sure. <laughs> I felt like I should have been. But... You know, it was just one of those moments where, number one, um, if we hadn't have been there, if we hadn't have made a turn mm -hmm. onto that street, we wouldn't have been there. And, you know, there's no telling what would have happened. Wow. Um, and it was, that was really a defining moment of why I did, you know, that job. But mm -hmm. Because, again, protecting and serving were a big part of what I did in the military. It was what um, fulfilled me mm -hmm. uh, as a police officer. And again, it's one of those stories, it's probably 25 years ago that that happened, wow. but it's just as vivid as it was yesterday. And again, it's just that part of me that, you know, I'll never, uh, never would want to change that, never want to go back and do something else. Um, so it, it was really just a part of the, the job that uh, gave me that sense of fulfillment. Um, you know, another uh, quick story, but yeah. 17 years that I spent in, in narcotics, and I can tell you I saw so many different things there. That, that was when I really learned that, you know, when we say when the war on drugs, um, you know, it, it's a huge ep epidemic. And mm -hmm. I, I worked from street level narcotics where I worked undercover uh, to the major uh, peddler's unit and, and interdiction where we were taking off large amounts, I mean, truckloads of, of cocaine and marijuana um, off the streets. And um, the interdiction unit, we were in charge of basically uh, any uh, narcotics coming into the city. So I worked at DIA, and this is before 9-11, so the, the security was not, TSA didn't exist at that time, and security was not at the level that it is now. Okay. Um, and we, uh, we actually looked for narcotics traffickers. Well, we would get either we would get uh, narcotics or we would get large sums of money that were the proceeds of the narcotics. And we actually got, I think this kid was about 19 years old, coming out of uh, Seattle, Washington. 
Uh, this again was before marijuana was legal here, sure. but there was a, a marijuana out of uh, Canada. It was called it's British Columbia, and it was called BC Bud. Hmm. Uh, it was probably about five times the cost of regular marijuana, but it was highly potent. Wow. Well, this kid, uh, when we contacted him, um, he fit the, um, the the travel profile mm -hmm. because he was. Uh, traveling on a one-way ticket. He was coming from one of the source cities, uh, Seattle, for BC Bud, and um, he booked his trip like the day before. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Okay, a little inside uh, information here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, giving it's up good. the goods That's here. Right. That's right. <laughs> but um, uh, with that, so we contacted him, we had a conversation. He had this travel bag, and uh, we had drug-sniffing dogs. The dogs hit on the bag. Um, now, because uh, the dogs hit on the bag, we, we had enough to hold the bag, but we didn't have enough to hold him. So he opted to leave the bag behind, uh, got on the plane to Seattle. So we ended up getting a warrant for the bag. By the time we, we got the warrant um, and opened the bag, there was $65,000 cash that we found in the bag. Well, he was still in flight. Mm -hmm. So there's a, a narcotics unit like ours at the Seattle airport. Okay. Uh, and they were able to to contact him on that end. He had another eighty five thousand strapped to his body. Unbelievable! Yeah, yeah. So this like I said, crazy. before the the TSA, they, you couldn't do that now. Right. Uh, but back uh, before two thousand one, you know, it happened quite a bit. So yeah, it was uh, definitely a, a great uh, time. The movie Traffic um, is one of those movies, the, the, the show The Wire. Okay. If you want to know what I did, <laughs> you watch those two shows, it really kind of lays out exactly uh, what my job was. Wow. I, I mean, there's, and I'm sure there's an endless amount of stories, and we could just yeah. have a whole episode just on that. <laughs> uh, thanks for sharing that, because I think it gives everybody a little taste into you know, what you've done for such a long time in transition. Now, I do want to switch gears into going into real estate now, right? So what was it from protecting and serving to real estate and essentially, you know, protecting and serving clients? Like, what was it for you? Why real estate? So, you know, it was really, um, I think, it was kind of opportunity, number one, and timing. Uh, my wife at the time, um, during, uh, she got her license in 1999. Uh, I got mine in 2001, but during that 1999 to 2001 period, um, in Denver, back then, we, there was a city charter that all um, city employees had to live in the city and county of Denver. Mm. Well, I think it was 2000 that was lifted, um, and there was a mass exodus of cops and sheriffs and firemen that were leaving wow. and going to the suburb. Well, because of that, um, she had a ton of business that I was referring mm -hmm. uh, to her that helped her, uh, you know, grow her business so much to a point where, you know, I said, you know what, it makes sense for me just to get my license as well, okay. and we can do this together. So in 2001, I got my license, and um, I can tell you, from 2001 really to about 2017 or so, uh, I didn't really advertise. I didn't have to. I, there were uh, a lot of police officers that knew I had my license. And I was able to uh, just word of mouth. Uh, I did a lot of business uh, just with police and sheriffs. Um, and I can tell you, I mean, it, it was uh, kind of a, a new thing to, to figure out how to market outside of that hmm. that uh, arena because there were just so many you know police officers that I worked with right. um, you know during that time. 
Sure. And, and to me, I think that when you're when you're breaking it down in a, in a career shift or anything along those lines, there's second thoughts or um, you know people are wondering how's this going to work. You know, it's a different transition. But uh, for me, as a consumer base, looking at you know you and your past, uh, protecting and serving you know all of us, which it's so sad that a lot of us take that for granted. Um, there's an immediate integrity. There's an immediate trust factor that's a, that's a part of that. Yeah. Um, so for me, going into it as a transaction standpoint, as a buyer or seller, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but there should be an immediate trust and saying, hey, yeah. Barry really does it right. He's got my back. Um, and then when I base that off of you know some of the stories that you were telling, I know that real estate is stressful. Anybody out there who's watching or listening to this uh, who's in the real estate world understands that stress and pressure. but. Nothing to the extent that I'm assuming that you've dealt with over all those years, protecting yeah. and serving, yeah. you know, um, and the police force. And if you look at it that way, handling that level of do or die stress and then transferring that over to real estate. Yeah. I mean, to me, Barry's got to be doing this with his <laughs> eyes closed, you know, his hands tied behind his back. I mean, that that's just beautiful as far as I'm concerned. So. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's uh, you know, when you have a deal that kind of goes south, or there's a termination, or you have to put something back on the market. It, it can be stressful, and a lot of people do ask me, man, how do you deal with that? And I said, well, the thing about it is nobody got shot at the end of this, right. uh, you know, transaction. If it goes south, it's, you know, we, we live to put it back on the market or what have you. Sure. Uh, so, so, yeah, it's um, definitely, uh, you know, there is the stress of real estate, but, yeah, um, I've dealt with uh, a lot worse. Okay. You heard it here, everybody. And I, th I think that's a, a beautiful background, Barry, into just, you know, who you are and, and what you've been doing and, and what brought you into real estate. I want to dive a little bit deeper into real estate as well here in a moment. I think with this question, it's going to be very helpful for everybody out there, um, is what's your why, Barry? I mean, what really drives you and motivates you to do what you do to the level you, you do it at? You know, it was um, probably really revealed to me in 2013. I, I, I lost uh, a family member. Uh, my brother yeah and it was uh, through uh, kind of reflection of his life and then also thinking about my own life that I really started thinking about you know what is my why what is my purpose we're all here for a reason and am I truly living in that purpose and for for a very long time I felt like my why was two things I thought it was just to protect and be a protector because that is just a natural thing uh, for me to do and, and serving the community and serving my country and then I also thought because my kids are again my daughter is very talented I really thought maybe my purpose was just to get her here mm. and, and rear her and raise her uh, so that she's going to do something amazing wow. in this world but then it was you know it was about 2013 with the loss of my brother I said no you know I, I serve a bigger purpose here and, and I realized that there was this passion to, to just do service to others. And, and I've done that from a, a, a civil standpoint, but then I realized, you know, there's information there, you know, whether it's in the real estate uh, area uh, that I've been able to, to help people that um, didn't ever imagine that they could own a home uh, and get them to the closing table. And there's no better feeling than when you hand the keys to someone and they have tears in their eyes for owning a home for the first time. Uh, and there's just a true sense of fulfillment 
uh, that you have. So one thing that I, I learned, whatever it is that I'm doing, it has to serve others and it has to lift other people. Uh, so all the projects that I'm taking on right now, um, they, they literally have to go through a criteria of making sure that they fit with what my purpose is, and that's just to serve others. To me, and hopefully everybody's picking this up and feeling this energy. But uh, you know, Barry, when you're talking about obviously, uh, you know, impact and protect and serve, talking about your family, talking about you know, really providing the best product and service um, to the buyer, to the seller, to above and beyond giving. It, it's above us. It's above you, right? Uh, and that's the greatest why, as far as I'm concerned. And I think further in translation uh, of what you've done in the past and for all these years in the real estate. It speaks volumes about your reputation in the community being impeccable, your clients that love you and respect you, that become friends, it's an extended family. Um, all of that is laid foundation. And th there's so much more that you're out here to do, my friend, and I know it, and anybody who knows you and respects you agrees with that 100%. Um, I know that we've spoken before about um, so much that you give back to the communities, above and beyond what you've just spoken, but charities, things like that. So would you mind talking about that for a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so quite a few different organizations that I give back to, but one related to real estate, uh, I created a, a hero program that uh, actually gives back to quite a few different uh, police organizations or organizations related to police, but also personally with my business, uh, I have a rebate that I do for heroes and heroes uh, are first responders, teachers, nurses, uh, medical professionals in general, um, and then uh, military obviously, whether they're active, retired, or they serve. Uh, and then also we just recently added coaches to that uh, also. And it's a, a rebate of my commission. Uh, so last year we did just over 25,000 of my commission that I was able to give back. And what I'm excited about is we've already done over 20,000 this year. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's great. I mean, we'll do easily do fifty thousand in the last two years that we've been able to to give back uh, to heroes. Uh, yeah. So it's a it's a great feeling. And then also working uh, with heroes. Uh, one of my uh, close friends um, has an organization that helps officers that are injured in the line of duty. Uh, when we we hear about officers killed in the line of duty, uh, quite often. Their families, in many instances, because there's so many organizations out there, their families are taken care of. Sure. But it's those officers that are injured in the line of duty that, uh, in, in many cases, uh, you know, whether it's psychological matters, whether it's uh, medical or physical issues or financial, uh, they tend to struggle. So, wow. you know, we're trying to bring more attention to that and also give that that support. Yeah, and that um, obviously speaks volumes about you and your integrity and, and, and truly living by that wire, that word is giving back. Yeah. So um, th this man is a titan, everybody. I can't stress this enough. This is a beautiful example. Uh, so I, I do want to shift gears and go into the next question. And this one is extremely important to a lot of the viewers uh, of this particular series because they want to know how the titans are growing and scaling their business. Um, so if you could look back, Barry, at your business thus far, pick or choose one or two things that you added to your business that took it from one level to the next. What's that look like for you? You know, uh, as I mentioned, so I retired from the police department in 2013 uh, and really started focusing on my real estate business in 2017. Okay. I had a, another business that I was doing uh, prior to uh, really focusing on 
uh, business in 17. Uh, but in 2017, I realized my sphere was police officers. That, that's, you know, I spent all my life in law enforcement. Those were my friends. Those were my peers. Um, and I realized that there was a, a whole nother world out there of, uh, you know, prospects and clients and things of that nature. Um, so I had to do um, more networking. I had to get out of my circle and, and it, you know, it, that circle is comfort. Outside of it, it gets a little uncomfortable. Um, but, at the, you know, they always say that the, your growth is when you're outside of the comfort zone. Well said. And, and that's um, exactly what I experienced. Once I, I faced the, the fear of, of getting outside of that comfort zone, um, you know, it's going to networking events and uh, becoming a part of leads groups and, and chambers, uh, chamber of commerce, uh, doing those events, things of that nature. Um, and it was, it was very uncomfortable in the beginning, sure. uh, but eventually it led me into actually doing my own networking event. Uh, yeah, and, and I don't focus my network event on getting more clients. It's literally, what the one thing that I did learn by networking is I love to be able to take this person that has this business and connect him with this person over here that has a business that may you know create a power partnership there. Um, and it, it's great, and it doesn't necessarily monetarily benefit me in any way, right. but it, once again, it's a service and it's fulfillment of being able to help two other people connect. Um, and so my, my networking event is solely, you know, just bank, bringing business-minded people together um, and letting me uh, introduce this person to other people that they may be able to build relationships with. And the greatest feeling in the world is when I go on Facebook and I see uh, someone that met, two people that met at my event and they're having lunch or hanging out outside of uh, work or business, sure. uh, but the relationship started, you know, at my event. So that's a pretty cool uh, feeling. You know, that's, um, I, I love the fact that you took it from, you know, the very beginning, mm -hmm. out of the comfort zone, right, doing things that everybody, most people would run away from, and you're learning and you're growing and, and you're getting better and more comfortable. Um, and then you took it another step to create your own. So is there, is there, you know, a shout out to your group? Uh, I mean, how can people get involved with you that way? I mean, how would I find this group if I was out there watching or listening to this? I wanted to hang out with Barry. Yeah, I would definitely say just uh, friend me on Facebook. So yeah. the, it's a Ignite Business Networking. We're actually in the process of revamping it uh, for 2017. Uh, so I'm really excited. We've got some uh, kind of, we're getting outside the box of okay. networking, so we're doing some different things uh, coming into, the, or excuse me, 2000, 2020. 2020, uh, from yeah. 17 to 20. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're uh, looking to uh, really take networking to a, another level um, in regards to uh, just bringing you know, more people together. Cool, love and it. I did want to share one other oh, thing, yeah. and this is Absolutely. actually, it's funny, it just happened over the weekend. So the previous business I was in was in the network marketing realm. Mm -hmm. And so I do tend to get people that reach out to me, you know, quite a bit about new opportunities that come up. And I had a, a friend of mine that reached out and said, Hey, um, I got a, a new opportunity that's coming up. I know you're really busy with real estate right now. Uh, but when, um, you know, when you you know, your business slows down in the winter, um, you know, this may be something you want to add to your business. 
Uh, and I, my response to him was, I don't allow my business to slow down. Uh, I love that. <laughs> and, I you love know, that. And it was really the first time I've ever said that, but I think it all the time. And so when I, when I said the words, mm. it really made me think, wait a minute, I don't allow my business to slow down. And I thought, I thought to myself, well, what is it that I'm doing? And so literally right now, I am marketing for December, January, which are typically the slower months sure. uh, in real estate, but I've already started putting the marketing together for that. Mm. And the one thing that I've always done uh, during that time of the year is I tend to market to buyers. Uh, even yeah. in the seller's market, I will market to buyers because that's their window of opportunity mm. to get the, the best deals. Um, and when the fact that we've had interest rate um, you know, drops in the last, uh, just in the last week. Sure. Um, you know, we're seeing a little bit of a turn in the market as well. Mm -hmm. It's a prime opportunity to, once again, to pr uh, promote uh, for buyers. So um, that's really kind of been the, the, the key to always having my business where it never slows down mm -hmm. is I'm always promoting ahead. I'm always preparing uh, the marketing ahead. And that was something that I did have to learn um, for myself. When I was a police officer, I would uh, get clients and I wouldn't necessarily market, um, but I was great. it was great to have clients. Mm -hmm. uh, when I uh, retired and I did start promoting, I would promote, get business, and stop promoting uh, the business. See, and yeah. so it created this roller coaster. Mm -hmm. So I learned along the way, okay, the promoting has to always continue. Did you hear that, everybody? Uh, Hopefully, you heard that, saw that. Pause it, rewind it. That's huge. Yeah, yeah, and it, it and there's no more roller roller coaster. It just keeps uh, going up. So it's been been great, and, and it's all been a learning process for me. And I'm fortunate that I work with the company at uh, York Castle Real Estate and the New Era Group. Uh, we have, you know, we got Titans there, Juggernauts, whatever love you want to call it. Love it. Uh, but some great people to learn from there. And I think that you, I mean, you summed up so much, you know, beautiful advice into there. Obviously, talking about networking right off the bat. We work with who we know, like, and trust. That takes time getting out involved. As much digital age as we're in with marketing and advertisement, nothing beats a handshake, yeah. face to face meeting, a cup of coffee uh, with a potential friend, family member, client, however you want to break it down. Uh, so I think that's great. You you base it also off of really looking at how do you constantly promote? How are you constantly treating this like a business? and not just riding the waves of a market. Yeah. Um, I think that's huge advice. Figuring that out is a lot trickier um, than it's said, but I think that that's something that every fundamental business owner really needs to look at. Doesn't matter what business you're at. And then, you know, lastly, that mentorship and or camaraderie, um, you know, the culture that you're a part of as a team in an office, you are guilty by association, positive yeah. or negative, the people you surround yourself with. Um, and obviously you're, you're with some great people, Barry. I gotta say, this guy's yeah. awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, so I mean, that's huge advice for everybody to take away. Hopefully you took good notes, pause it, rewind it, do whatever you guys need to do. This is great. Um, so I do wanna shift gears a little bit into this, and this is the tricky part of this particular series. and in interview, it's the challenge question. Mm -hmm. So Barry, I always lead into it with, we all deal with challenges, mm -hmm. no one's exempt, right? Whether it's in the past, now, or into the future, we all have hard times, things to think about and process. Um, it's not so much what happens, but how we overcome that I really feel makes the difference. Not to downplay what we deal with in pain and suffering, um, but if you're 
comfortable sharing a challenge that you dealt with Barry with everybody out there. Um, what's that look like for you? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, this is actually kind of the first time that I, I've written, uh, really shared this. Okay. The people close to me uh, are aware of it, but uh, most people, even while it was going on, had no idea of this particular challenge. But as I mentioned, I, so I retired uh, from the police department in 2013, uh, retired from a six-figure income, doing uh, very well there, uh, was in a business that allowed me to put me in a position to be able to retire, and it was going uh, great, you know, for the first couple of years. Uh, and then we, you know, we had some changes in the company and uh, changes within my business. And it started to go, uh, the business and my income uh, started to go uh, down uh, to a point where, yeah, it was, um, you know, I was in a situation where I didn't know if I was going to be able to keep my home, if I was going to be able to just maintain. Um, and I can tell you, it through the challenge, um, I, I can tell you, I wouldn't take, if I had, I would do some things differently, but I, I don't regret going through that, that issue because I grew from it. Um, and I can tell you, I never thought I could, you know, overcome, uh, you know, being in a position like that of feeling like I'm almost destitute. Um, I never not thought I would be in that position and just never imagined how I would even face it. But the fact that I did face the adversity and, um, one thing that a lot of people told me, hey, you can go back to the police department, you can get your job back, mm -hmm. and that was never a thought. Wow. Because one thing about when I left is uh, a part of my, my purpose, and not really knowing that at the time, but it was about um, um, being an entrepreneur and working for myself, and that was something that was uh, really important to me. Um, so going back to law enforcement would have literally been taking steps back sure. and it was still about even though I have this challenge in front of me pushing through the challenge and continuing uh, to move forward and part of that moving forward was in 2017 making the decision to go all in on real estate because I can tell you from 2001 up to that point of 2017 um, it had never there was never a year that I didn't make money even when I was very part-time with it. Right. So I finally said, okay, what will happen if I actually go full-time uh, <laughs> with this? And yeah. so 2017 was my best year ever in real estate. I've been in it 16 years at that point. Mm -hmm. In 2017, when I made the decision right. and then acted on it, it was my best year. Mm -hmm. 2018, I did 17 by October wow. of 18. 2019 is on track to outdo 18 by next month. Uh, yeah, so it, it's been uh, just great. And that, that's, again, that piece for me that if I hadn't gone through the struggle, I don't know that I would have ever put myself in a position where I'm all in on real estate to realize, uh, number one, you know, you know, our minds are very powerful. And when we say and believe that we have the ability to do something and then we actually take the action to do it, um, what can happen? So now I really just live uh, a life of, of believing whatever I set my mind to, I can do it. Maybe, you know, maybe I don't hit it on in the time frame that I want, sure. but I can see the progress, you know, of going, uh, continue to go up.
I mean, to me, Barry, that, that's um, you know, huge for you to be able to share that with everybody, and, and myself included. Um, you know, it's not easy to air your stuff out in front, um, but I think that uh, it, it shows a, a, a huge, huge character uh, positivity to you to deal with something so difficult, going from security um, and then seeing a lot of that dissipate during the downturn, which a lot of professionals, not even inside real estate, felt that pain. Uh, but you didn't let it stop you. Yeah. You didn't let it waver. You just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And look where you are now. Look what you've accomplished and look at how much good um, you're able to do with your with your clients and the communities and the charities you're a part of. Um, if you would have given up, who knows what would have happened that way. Yeah. So I, I think to anybody out there, we all deal with adversity and, and just uh, have that positive mindset as you spoke about. It's not easy to do, but surround yourself with great people. Keep pushing forward. And if you know in your heart's parts you're doing the right thing, um, you know, you can see success like this man here, which is great in any field, not just real estate. So, um, but Barry, thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. You know, that's that's really meaningful, and, and uh, I appreciate it for sure. Um, I, we got through the tough stuff, so I want to go through a slightly softer question, if that's all right. Um, this is actually one of my favorites. This is a travel back in time question. So, if you could travel back in time and give young Barry a piece of advice or two, any age range, any time frame, um, not necessarily saying I would redo this, but what would you say? Man, I would first say buy Amazon stock. <laughs> there you go. 1990s, <laughs> buy Amazon You stock. and me too, Barry. Probably everybody else there. Apple, I think you yeah. put it at oh, the yeah. very beginning. Absolutely. Macintosh, Apple, yeah. everyone. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but on a serious note, I, would think, I think I would definitely say, uh, number one, pursue your dreams. Mm -hmm. Never stop dreaming. And the, I think the most important things that keep people from dreaming uh, are two words, fear and doubt. Mm -hmm. And facing the fears and overcoming the doubt. Um, I would definitely say at a, at a younger age, because the reason I retired in 2013 versus say 2008, uh, really was because of fear and doubt. Because I was actually, I had my license in 2008. I had actually considered probably 2006, 2007, making 2008 my, um, retirement year mm -hmm. but we went through a, a little thing called a recession and the market crash and honestly I was at a place where I said man I'm glad I do have a job and then it, it took me through uh, a phase of uh, maybe I should never leave here maybe I should just retire um, but there was still this burning desire inside that said no there's there's more for you to do and I did at least keep listening to it instead of suppressing it and saying, no, you know, I'm gonna just stay safe and stay what's, with com what's comfortable mm -hmm. and um, not pursue my dreams. Mm -hmm. uh, and I can tell you, when I finally did talk to myself and say, you know what, um, there, th this burning desire was bigger than the fear and it was bigger than the doubt uh, at that point. And, and once again, it was a lesson learned that when you face your fears and break through it, there's something beautiful on the other side waiting for you. And when you understand where doubt comes from and fear comes from, and I'll talk about that here with uh, the books that I've read uh, in a little bit, but uh, when I understood that, it made it so much easier to, to overcome uh, those two things. Wow, I, I think that, um, you know, giving that piece of advice to your younger self, you know, Get, get the fear out, get the doubt out. 
Um, I, I think that that's huge advice for everybody who is watching or listening to this, myself included. I, I, that's really, really pertinent information. And I think that, um, you know, when you look at it from the standpoint, I, I saw this the other day, um, you know, and no offense to anybody who has a salary or works a nine to five, that typical job, but uh, I think the quote was something along the lines of salaries are the number one dream killer in the United States. Yeah. Uh, we get comfortable, we get complacent, we have that security of a salary and what, what's coming in, but your dreams can start to fade and fade and fade. So uh, go after that, be logical, make the jumps when you need to and, and support your life and your family, but you, no risk, no reward. Absolutely. And I, I think the bigger risk, a lot of times the bigger reward. Um, entrepreneurs get that, uh, business professionals, but it's, it's very difficult for everybody. And uh, the audience who's watching or listening to this understands that, I know 100%. So, um, that's a that's a really really great share, Barry, all the way through, uh, for sure. So um, now, when it comes down to the uh, the portion when we're talking about going into the uh, books and podcasts and influencers, that's a huge crowd pleaser. When it comes out there, is is the the viewers and the subscribers of the series they want to know what the titans are feeding their minds. Yeah. So what are you feeding your mind, Barry? What, what can you share with the audience today? Uh, a couple of my favorites, I, I have to definitely say The Go-Giver uh, okay. is one that I've read a few times. I love the fact that it's uh, a fiction book, but it has all these amazing lessons uh, along the way. And and again, because uh, we all think the go-getter mentality, right. but uh, giving you kind of a whole different perception of it from The, the Go-Giver uh, is an amazing book. And the fact that you know, uh, Bob Berg, uh, the author of it, wants you to give the book away yeah. uh, to other others as well. And I, I had someone that did exactly that. Uh, and of it. course, you know, I, I passed it along. <laughs> then I had to buy one, so I had, to, had it for myself. Well, that's only that. the right thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, that I think that's a great book. I, honestly, the, the first book that I read in regards to personal development was uh, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it, I, I, between audio and reading it, I think I'm at six times, okay. uh, and I can tell you, I, I swear, they, they must stick some new pages in every time I read it, because I get <laughs> new information, but I realize it's just me growing, and I'm growing into the information uh, every time, so uh, Napoleon Hill, uh, amazing author and yeah. you know for those that, that haven't read it he wrote that book in 1937 mm -hmm. most people uh, are not aware of um, outwitting the devil that he wrote in 1938 okay yeah and and actually it wasn't released until I think in uh, the late 90s if I'm not mistaken mm -hmm. uh, it was only because the information in the book was so powerful and, and his wife was concerned that um, you know, he may be ostracized because of the information, All but right. basically uh, the gist of the book is Napoleon Hill was interviewing the devil wow. and seeing how he works in this world to crush dreams and stop people from dreaming. And there was one segment in the book, and this was really kind of a, a life-changing piece that I read for me where the, the devil asked Napoleon Hill to address, he said, I'll answer any question you ask me, but you have to address me as your majesty. And um, Napoleon asked him, well, why is that? And he says, because I'm the ruler of this world, and I rule this world through two things. And Napoleon asked, well, what are those things? And he said, fear and doubt. There you go. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. And and when he said that, and he it's explained further in the book. Um, and I started thinking to myself again about all the dreams that I had that I didn't accomplish. What was it that stopped me? Mm -hmm. And I could put one of those two things or both in every situation. Wow. Uh, fear or doubt. So it, it now has become anytime there's something that I want to do, there's something that I want to achieve, if I find myself slowing down, mm -hmm. I'm asking myself, what's slowing me down? Is it fear or is it doubt? Mm -hmm. And no matter which one it is, I have to overcome it. I have to get through it. Um, so that book itself, you know, has really just kind of put me in a mindset of, I can't let the devil win. Um, and then, uh, speaking of which, I think, um, you know, my, the biggest book for me is the, the Holy Bible. Um, yeah, I, I literally call it the ultimate personal development book because whether it's business, whether it's relationships, marriage, raising your children, there's scripture in there for, for every aspect. I, I think that that's, a, that's an amazing list, and I definitely need to uh, add uh, that book from Napoleon Hill onto mine for sure because it's always growing that way. And I, I love the fact that when you were talking about uh, Think and Grow Rich, that you know, six times listening and or reading it you know, in simultaneous nature, um, that you're always learning something different. Mm -hmm. and, and the fact of the matter is, is that a lot of professionals don't quite understand that if you listen to it once or just read it, you think you got it. And mm -hmm. you, that you read it or listen to it again, as you age, as you evolve, as you alluded to, you're gonna pick up different pieces that are gonna to stick to you at that time in your life with your thought process of that time in your life. And I think that's huge advice. Yeah. Obviously from so many different diverse uh, portions of it, but then rereading, re-listening. Yeah. Um, I think that's great, I love yeah. that. Now, um, before we go into anything with podcast influencers, I know you're super inspirational, motivational, and, and, and your thought process is deep. You're in the process, if I'm not correct, uh, okay. about you know coming out with your own book, and yeah. so if you wouldn't mind sharing that with everybody, just a little teaser, I guess. You know. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely, it's it's definitely um, a book that is inspired through the personal development that I've been able to uh, tap into over the last ten years or so, um, and a part of it, we always hear that there's greatness within you. Um, and I, I really started researching that and wanting to understand what does that mean and, and is there truly greatness in all of us because we, we see the Michael Jordans of the world or, or Prince and all these people that have these amazing talents and we can say, man, that person is great. Mm -hmm. You know, Muhammad Ali is coined as the greatest of all time. Right. Uh, but when I really started looking into it, uh, I understood that each and every one of us has greatness within us. So uh, I've actually, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson um, did a, a, a thesis on greatness um, and, and how it, it lives inside of us. Uh, and I've actually taken it to another level from, from where he's at Love with it. it. Yeah, so it's pretty exciting. Um, I give you the odds of, uh, of just being born. You know, you have the chance of being struck by lightning winning the lottery and being bit by a shark, all three of those, you have more of a chance of all three of those happening than just being conceived. Think about that. Yeah, but yet and still we're all here, you know, so we're already beating the odds. Um, so it, it's, um, you know, we, I go through the odds, I go through where greatness lies within the body. I'm actually in the process of now reaching out uh, to some people that 
that well-known people, mm -hmm. uh, and then some that are not so well-known, but that are all living within their greatness to show the proof is right in front of us. So pretty exciting. We're looking for a, a December launch uh, okay. of the book. Here we go. Um, yeah. I, and, and please keep all of us informed. Let me know. I'll let the, the uh, other Titan followers know. And, and you know, I want to be the first in line, uh, hopefully getting a signed copy of that <laughs> when it comes out. So um, that's exciting, Barry. That's super great. So um, podcasts, influencers, anything along those lines? Yeah. Um, one of the biggest podcasts that I listen to is Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. Um, always, you know, some on the business side of things, has mm -hmm. some great information. Uh, to be able to listen to, and he gives it to you raw and uncut. So, very, very. Yeah. That's a true statement <laughs> right there. Yeah, and then uh, the the Side Hustle School is another uh, podcast that I've been listening to. I love just entrepreneurship, and I love hearing uh, about people's new ideas. And, you know, I, I share with people all the time how, you know, we, in the, uh, the 1800s, we had the gold rush on the mm -hmm. West, and in the early 1900s, we had the oil boom and how so many millionaires were created uh, during those time frames in the steel industry of the U.S. And, mm -hmm. and just how many millionaires we've created in this, just in this country alone. But we are in this digital age where uh, you could probably put all three of those eras together and the number of millionaires and billionaires that are going to be created just through technology over you know the next 10 20 30 years um is is insurmountable so it, it's it's pretty exciting to to see you know side hustle and and you you think of different ideas or see different ideas that people come up with and it's like wow that's amazing and yeah. and actually become a customer of some of these folks as well i, I think that's huge um you know insight and foresight to look at from that standpoint of, of the technology that we have at our fingertips. Mm -hmm. And I, obviously, you know, we're utilizing it right now. This is, uh, there's word of mouth. Now this is world of mouth, yeah. right? Because yeah. of what technology has brought partnerships, relationships, business opportunities, ideas together in such mm -hmm. a global platform. Um, you know, that statement is it's such a big, small world. Um, it's there with technology, but how are you leveraging that? How are you gravitating that attention? And then what are you doing with it afterwards? I think is, uh, you know, that whole portion. So everybody's tuning in in some form or fashion, whether you're listening or watching this. So this is a proof of that particular concept yeah. that you state right there. I think yeah. it's beautiful. Um, so as always, I'm going to have links in the comments down below so you can feed your mind and follow uh, and read and, and really educate yourself the same way that this man is doing, at least in some form or fashion for sure. Um, and then again, once we get that book uh, released out, which we're super excited about, then we'll let everybody know there as well. Barry, this has been chock full of amazing information, applicable data for any entrepreneur, any business professional and real estate professional out there. Um, so this has really been amazing. I want to thank you so much. I want to wrap everything up with a final question. Mm -hmm. And this ends up being the quote or yeah. the mantra that you live by that sums up you as a man, as a professional. What's that look like for Barry Overton? You know, uh, there's so many great quotes that are out there, but uh, going back, like I mentioned, uh, the Bible, I think the biggest quote for me is actually a scripture, and it's Jeremiah 29, 11, and it's, um, you know, uh, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And during that struggle, that time of that, you know, the challenge that I had in life, I held on to that and I have to remind myself 
that, okay, my plan is not coming together, but I also had to remind myself that God's plan is bigger than my plan. So I had to submit uh, to God and, and really believe and give faith that he is going to get me through this. And when I understood that his plan was much bigger for me and uh, I could see the doors and the opportunities continuing to open, um, I just stuck with that scripture and I, to this day when I have an idea and I, I'm doing something and maybe it goes awry, it doesn't go the way that it should, um, I have to remind myself, okay, this is part of God's plan. Mm. Uh, so that, that particular scripture uh, is something that has always, um, over the last few years, that has, has been close to me. Yeah. And uh, another one that really got me on the direction or looking for my purpose mm. was a, a Mark Twain quote. And he said that the two most important days in your life uh, are the day that you were born and the day that you find out why. Mm. And it's, yeah, I think many of us are seeking that why. And, you know, it took me, I think I was about 46, 47 years old before wow. I found the why. So, um, you know, and I think I thought I was in the why, but when it opened itself up to me, I, I could really feel it because of the passion now that, that lies there with it. And now I, I kind of work from a sense of urgency because I was 47 years old. <laughs> And so I got some catching up to do. I love it. Yeah. I love it. But that, that's, uh, that, that's so much beauty and honesty and integrity and character coming out of those quotes. And uh, to me, sums you up beautifully, Gary. I mean, this is amazing. Uh, I'm absolutely, as always, honored to, you know, have you here um, on the show. And you are an official real estate type, my friend. Thank you, sir. I want to thank you so, so much. And everybody, thanks so much for your time and attention, your love and support. Um, if you like what we're doing here at Titans, don't forget to like the Facebook page. Uh, subscribe to YouTube and take a listen on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Live every Tuesday and Friday afternoon, a different Titan, a different location. We'll catch everybody on the next live episode of Real Estate Titans. Take care. Bye.